This is the Benefits Buzz Podcast, your weekly pulse on what's happening in the world of employee benefits. Brought to you by your friends at WEX, who believe in simplifying benefits for everyone. Now listen up, and let's get buzzed! Hello and welcome to another episode of Benefits Buzz. I'm your host, Eric Pilla, and I'm joined as always. Oh, wait, we've got a big surprise this week, ladies and gentlemen. My co-host, Kelsey Burgett, can't make it, so we are taking our producer, Hayden Gothy, and we're ripping him unwillingly out of the sound booth, and he will be hosting the show. Hayden, say hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. I don't know when it's ever been a good idea to bring the producer out from behind the camera, but... <laughs> We're going to give it a shot today. So. <laughs> uh, you're going to be awesome. We've made reference to you about a million times. And so now everyone gets to see you and, and hear your voice. I'm super excited to, to, to do this episode with you. Uh, but even more, uh, I'm more excited than you, is I'm more excited to talk to our guest today. Uh, and that is Whitney Johnson. She's the CEO of WLJ Advisors and the best-selling author of Building an 18. And she is a repeat guest of the Benefits Buzz podcast. Whitney, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Hayden. I'm delighted to be here. And I have to know, we're talking about buzz and you look like you've got bumblebee pillows behind you. It's very, very fitting. <laughs> I know. I know. I also realize I kind of coordinate with my decor in the room too. I like everything matches my yellow with my shirt. It was too late to change. So we're just going to go with it. Uh, yes. Uh, well, welcome again. For those of you who are traditionally listen, used to listening to us, uh, just audio, we have a new video portion up this year and we're excited about it. And Whitney, your background looks great. Uh, lots of natural light. I'm very envious. It looks like you've settled pretty well into the uh, working from home situation. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And, and the background is real, I promise. Yes, I was looking for the fuzzy, like fuzzy floating head, but I didn't see it at all. It looks fantastic. Oh, perfect. So. Such a beautiful background. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, well, let's jump into our topic. I know last time you were with us, we, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we were talking about disruption and how do we use this disruption to better ourselves and learn, um, which was a fantastic conversation. I actually went back and listened to the episode and realized how much I loved it. Um, and I think we're going to take a bit of a shift, uh, I think similar, but um, obviously we're coming out of this pandemic, fingers crossed here, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of things that we've learned or experienced. Um, and, you know, we talked about building an A-team and a lot of what you talk about there is how well can leaders like listen and, and engage and learn and grow. And so that's really what I'll focus our conversation on. And I know our HR pros who are listening, um, a lot of their job is, you know, they're wearing multiple hats. A lot of it is kind of sometimes coaching their leaders in their organization and helping them kind of guide themselves through that. And their employees turn to them for types of skills. And so I want to talk to you about how do we do that? So maybe I'll talk by just like setting the stage for us, Whitney, in terms of, you know, when it comes to learning and listening and building this A-team, what have you seen? What have great leaders done? And maybe how has us just dramatically going for this work from remote, you know, kind of virtual, how has that shifted maybe how we're doing it? Or maybe has that not changed anything at all? Maybe things are the same. I'd love to get your feedback on that. Yeah. So it's such a great question, Eric. And what I, what I, I love it is that in asking the question, you gave me insight. So mm. if you think about building an A-team, you're always looking at where are people on their S-curves of learning? Are they at the launch point? Are they at the sweet spot? Are they at the high end? And so as a leader whose job it is to help them build momentum, to help them grow from wherever they are on that S-curve, your job in order to help them grow is to listen. 
And so when people are at the launch point and trying to figure things out and don't know what to do, you've got to listen of like, do they need words of encouragement right now? And for your people who are in the sweet spot where everything is working and you're like, they're doing great. I'll just leave them be. You need to listen for, do they need me to say thank you right now and to appreciate the work that they're doing. And your people at the high end in the mastery stage, you, you're like, they're really good at what they're doing. I'm going to completely leave them alone. But what mm. you need to be listening for is, are they saying, it's time for me to do something new. I need a challenge. I need to do something different. And so all along that S curve, if you're going to really build a team, you have to be able to listen for what they're saying and listen for what they're not saying. Yeah, that's really good. You talk about, um, you know, listening and it, as a good podcast host, your job is to really be a good listener. And I think, right, as when you think about great leaders and like sometimes you're always wrapped up in, well, they just have a great um, charismatic presence about them. They, they, they can, you know, say things really well and motivate, but I think what you're really calling out is there's such an important part of listening, right? Um, that That's a big component of leadership and growth. And so, you know, maybe as a follow-up question, you talk about the importance of listening. What do, what should we be listening for? Like, what are common characteristics of good listeners? Right? I know you've done tons of research around, you know, great leaders. So what are they listening for? And what does it mean to be a good listener in your definition? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it, it's a great it's a great question. So one of the things I think about is um, there's a theory called self determination theory, and that when you're you're self determining, you feel a sense of comp confidence. And I'm like confidence slipping, tripping over my word confidence, which is kind of ironic. Anyway, there are three components to it. There's a sense of a person feeling competent, that they have the resources that they need to do the job. They're able to talk out loud about what they're doing. Cause when you talk out loud, you're teaching yourself. There's a sense of autonomy. So competence and autonomy, this sense of I, what I do will impact the outcome. Like if I do something, something will be different because I was here. So that's the sense of autonomy. And then the third one is the sense of relatedness. They feel connected to the broader purpose. They feel connected to you. They feel like they matter to you. And so there's the competence, autonomy, the relatedness. When you put those together, you feel a sense of confidence. And all of those things happen, all of them, when you listen, all of them. If I'm listening to you, I'm able to, you're able to talk out loud and learn. If I'm listening to you, you feel like you're impacting the outcome because I'm your manager. And if I'm listening to you, you feel related and connected to me. And so then you're gonna feel more confident and be able to accomplish and be productive and, and do the job that you were hired to do. This is so good. I mean, you're, you're reinforcing so many things that I feel like you know I'm constantly reminding myself all the time. Um, you know, I, I think I would love to get your your insight on this. Like, you know, we we hear all the time and it's almost cliche now to say, like, everybody's attention spans are getting shorter. Right. Um, what what's your perception of that? Do you feel like our attention spans are getting shorter? And what you know, what can we do to become better listeners and maybe avoid the the type of distractions and technology that might be causing us to have shorter attention spans? Yeah. I don't necessarily think they're getting shorter. I just think that we have made it more acceptable to be distracted because it used to be that we didn't have a phone or a screen in front of us. And now we're like, oh yeah, they're checking their phone and we, we do it to people and they do it to us. And so I think that what we need to do is 
not necessarily even avoid technology. It's just that when I'm talking to you, I need to have my phone down. In fact, probably in the other room, if you're at dinner time and focus on the person, look at them, pay attention to them, practice that active listening. So I don't think that they're shorter. I just think that we have gotten kind of flabby when it comes to actually listening because there's so many things that are distracting. So focus, look at people, affirm. Yeah, I love that. It's um, it, it has gotten that way, right? Like, I think you have to make a conscious effort. And I, I, I feel like, you know, again, you know, if I'm an HR pro listening, like, like naturally, they are individuals in the company that people come to with problems, issues, looking for insight. So I think by nature in that role, they have to be great listeners, right? I think it's just like, even if they're not great listeners, like they should be, right? So I think this is probably already a skill set they're thinking about. And they're probably forced into that maybe more than they originally thought. So and I love your suggestions on how do we make sure we remain engaged during that part, that time of listening, right? And you're right. Like even when I'm sitting down with my family and we're having dinner, like there's a natural part of me that wants to have my phone at the, the kitchen table with us. And we literally, like my wife and I go back and forth, like, what are you doing with your phone? You know, like me and, and I know we, you know, we, 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 we read your newsletter and you've talked about conversations you have with your family and, and the importance there. I love to hear kind of what all those conversations have gleaned for you. Like, what are some of the things you've taken away to, to make sure that the dynamics within your own, you know, household and how do you translate that to the workplace maybe, yeah. right? Well, I, I, here's what I would say. I think if you're good at listening to your children or your partner or someone that's close to you, then you're probably a really good listener at work. That's what I would say, because it is so difficult to listen to our children. Um, one of the things that I realized during the pandemic when, you know, we've got children who are college age and we're all sort of sheltering in place is that we had a lot of time to talk to each other because um, we weren't going anywhere. And so we needed to just be willing to make time to hear what they had to say. Um, and we found that because we were so close to each other, we were sometimes getting in little skirmishes. And so that was an opportunity for us to practice listening even more of like, well, how are we going to navigate our relationship as we all become adults? And so I think that one of the ways that we learn and we can practice listening is when we have the constraint of being in close quarters with someone, whether you're sheltering in place or whether you're on a vacation or whether you're sitting around the dinner table. You, yeah, you bring up some really good points. You know, I think like removing the technology in another room, like going back to that is something that's that's such a valuable suggestion too, because I do feel like, you know, when we keep these kind of distractions within arm's length, it's just so easy to like pull them in. You know, moving, you know, kind of building off of that, like what are some techniques or, or different types of ways that you would suggest people nurture their listening skills. And they might even be things that you picked up, you know, as we've gone through the pandemic for the last year and been in close quarters with your family, like you talked about. Yeah. So um, I would say, first of all, we can just practice being present. And so something that I've been doing a lot over the last couple of years is practice meditating. Um, it's just so easy to just sort of be all over the place and have so much coming into our brain. Like I feel like there's continually a traffic jam in my brain. And so if I can practice meditating, then that's going to help me have more of a meditative stance when I'm talking and listening to my family. And so I think that's a good place to start. And other simple things is to smile at them, to 
um, uh, look at them, to affirm what they said, to recapitulate what they said, to ask questions that indicate that you are in fact interested in what they have to say, which is sometimes difficult with family because you're not inherently interested in what they have to say. But that willingness to ask even one additional question for them to clarify or say more about whatever it matters to me. And I see Hayden, you smiling at me. I'm guessing you have young children. And so they're talking about things that you're not interested in, but you need to be interested because that tells them that they matter. I, I don't have young children. Actually, the reason I was laughing is because um, the assumption that the children would be talking inherently about something you're not interested yeah. in. Yeah, well, I thought like you were just... smiling. I thought you were smiling because every conversation you have with me, Hayden, you just kind of smile and pretend <laughs> yeah. like you care what I'm talking about. Right. Well, you're right, right. well, I have kids with me, and I can tell you how many times I've had to listen to a 10-minute story about a video game they've been playing, and I'm just trying to trying to make sure they feel like I'm really engaging in listening. And I, and I oh. love it because this, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? Mm -hmm. This is where – um, this is where all the things that we talked about, like it's great to be a good listener, but how do we do that? How do we show that individual that we are actively listening, um, which is extremely important. And I love the tips that you have. I love the things to show engagement, to make it really, really make sure it's, it's almost communicating that I hear you, I'm acknowledging what you're saying, I'm listening, I'm smiling, I'm engaging. All those things that are extremely important, right? I think, um, which is again back to an essential, essential part of leadership is making sure people feel like they're being heard. Um, I think if we take it a step further, um, do you think it's important? Like, should these things happen naturally? Like, I think about opportunities that I've had with previous managers or leaders. Is it like, is it something that again, if I want to be a better listener and leader? Am I supposed to create opportunities for this? Should they come organically? Does it feel forced if I'm like, hey, I want to connect with you just to like listen and hear how things have been going for you? Is that cool or does it feel too forced? What have you what have what have your research found? I think it's absolutely a both and. <laughs> Okay. Yes. So I think they're, again, going back to using children as an, you know, loved ones as an analogy, you know, there are going to be times where they want to talk to you there, you know, and it usually be times that you don't want to talk because you're, you're tired, but so you not, but so you want to be available when people say, Hey, do you have a minute? Can I talk to you at work? Then you want to take that time and listen. At the same time, it's really important that you have those scheduled one-on-ones. I think it's really um, fascinating how um, oftentimes when you're a manager, there's this major asymmetry of power. And so you're like, I've got all this stuff that I need to do. I'm just going to cancel that one-on-one -on -one this week. Well, that might not be an important meeting for you, but it's probably one of their most important meetings for the week. And so the mere willingness to show up to that meeting, maybe even be a little bit prepared for that meeting, not just have the onus on them. So that's a listening, right? So Lewis Howes, I just had him on the podcast and he said, be your word be your word. And so you listen by scheduling the meeting. You listen by showing up to the meeting. You listen by preparing for the meeting. You listen by during the meeting, focusing on them, acknowledging what they're saying. And if you want a bonus at the end of the meeting, you say to them, here's what I heard today that was useful for me from you. And so those are all things that you can do for a person that you work with, that works for you in particular to feel very heard, to feel very listened to. It's your words and your actions. That's perfect. And I, I feel like it's not just about providing a listening opportunity for the, the manager, but also for the employee. I mean, there's so much that the employee might glean from their manager that they might not frequently get those kind of opportunities, right? 
Right. You know, it's so interesting that you just say that, just said that Hayden, because I was talking to one of my CEO's um, coaching clients the other day, and he was telling me how they had had to take a road trip, one of his people to visit, visit one of their factories. And he said that after they were finished, you know, they were in the car together for like eight hours because it's four hours to and back. He said it was priceless for him to spend that eight hours with his manager, hearing him download for him his vision, his strategy, how he thinks about the world. And so absolutely, again, real listening, real listening, it's going both ways. There's this interchange that's happening, just like right now as we're talking. I'm talking, you're listening, but I'm also listening to you as as I'm watching you. Well, there has to be benefits too with even just like you, you mentioned vision there quickly, but even just aligning a team, you know, on a on a on a goal. I mean, everybody probably comes into work and you might set annual goals or quarterly goals and you know, just having those opportunities to have time with your supervisor to kind of reinforce some of that too. I mean, it, it, there's right. there's so much value there. Right. Absolutely. It, it it absolutely goes both ways. And 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 again, if you're thinking about the neuro not again. Thinking about the, the neuroscience behind this, when you're talking about shared goals, what happens in our brains is that we're wiring together and we're getting in sync and we're perceiving each other as friends and not foes. And so that discussion of shared goals, um, not just you know once a month, but like pretty much every time you meet together is allowing you to work together. And when you work together, you're much, much more productive. Yeah, great, great points. I love that. Uh, I didn't even think about bringing those shared goals together. And I, what I, when I was listening, I love the the tips again, right? So if I'm, I always try to put myself in the shoes of of our HR pro listeners. And a lot of times, they're probably gleaning this stuff for themselves, but also, like, boy, you know, I would love to get you know my my executive team to think about this more regularly, right? To to be more engaged like this. And so, is there a, um, you know. You talked about really good things. Is there like a, a format maybe that one-on-one -on -one should be? Should we start? Like I think about my manager and typically she always starts with, hey, so tell me about your week. Like how have things been going? She always starts with, you know, I'm sure she's got a list of things that she wants to share with me, right? Whether it be projects, tasks, feedback, but she always is conscious of opening up to like give me an opportunity to share and to listen because it may change the trajectory of that one-on-one. -on -one based on what my, you know, are there things like that that you've noticed that great leaders do or suggestions that our HR um, pro listeners could suggest leaders to, to kind of make, construct a one-on-one -on -one or, or maximize these opportunities with management? Mm, it's a great question. So um, you actually already started to answer the question, but let's, let's think about the structure. I think one of the real benefits of us doing this work from home is it's helped us practice this mm. because we have this moment of, beforehand, all right, I've got this one-on-one, -on -one. I'm going to ask you, the person who works for me, to come with an agenda. But if I'm really doing it well, I also have an agenda going into that call. You know, there, here are the three things that I want to accomplish with them today. Beforehand, I think you want to wipe the slate clean of whatever you were thinking about or talking about before. What I try to do on my best days is just take three breaths um, and really think about that person and who they are and what matters to them and their hopes and dreams. And so when I'm with them, I'm focused on them. And then, as you said, once you get into that meeting, how are you doing? What's happening? What feedback do you have for me? 
ask them right at the outset and really coach them around giving feedback um, and then go through your agenda. And at the end of the meeting, one of the things that I like to do is always ask people what was useful for you in this meeting so that they're feeling an opportunity to share. Here's what I learned. Here's what was valuable. Then you can share what you learned from them and then wrap up the meeting. But again, the most important thing is just to have the meeting and to show right. up the meeting. It's no, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Super powerful. I love those tips. I love them so much. I think our listeners will love that too. I want to do one follow-up question, right? We, at least I can only speak to my own, you know, uh, environment, but all of a sudden, right. Uh, we went, I've been virtual now for, uh, a, over a year now. Have you seen listening and holding great meetings become more difficult in a remote world or what are you, are you seeing that maybe because, uh, you know, we're, in, we're not in person. It's easier. I just loved it. I mean, I'm just curious. I'm trying to like, if I'm like, I'm trying to guess at the answer, but I honestly have yeah. no clue. So what have you seen so you know far? What? I think it really depends, Eric. I think there are some people who really struggle to do things remotely on camera. They're more comfortable with that tactile. I can touch, I can feel, I can sort of you know, be palpable. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that because we're on Zoom, I, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, it has made me much more deliberate. I'm about to get on this call. I'm looking at you face to face. There's a democratization that takes place. So I think in general, and also we're able to see ourselves, right? We can see ourselves. How are we responding? Are we smiling? So there's this opportunity for us to watch how we're engaging with people. I mean, most of the time I'm looking at you and Hayden, but I'm going to, you know, glance at myself and, and how am I showing up? Am I smiling at you when, when we're talking? I think Eric and Hayden, the challenge is going to be, and we may want to talk about this on another date, is when we go to hybrid. When we go from not just being at home, everyone, and not just being in the workplace, on site, everyone, and we're doing these hybrid meetings, what does listening look like then? And how do we make sure that everybody feels like they're being heard? That to me is an open and interesting question that we're all going to get to answer over the next year. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I, I just thought of something. You made a, a really interesting point is like something that mortifies me. Like we really had to look at our own reflection so much more using whatever if we're using, you know, Google Meets or we're using whatever tool you're using because your face is always up there too. But you're absolutely right. Like you can see how your reaction, you can see as much as it maybe annoys us to always see our faces. You're totally right. Like, oh, I can see my nonverbals are really clear here. I always know. And I think that's a really important tip is you know like as much as you want to avoid looking at ourselves and making sure we're focusing it's maybe okay to say oh this is how i'm reacting these are the non-verbals i'm giving mm -hmm. um and i need to stay engaged because i can actually see that now anyway just a small thing that i did not even think of until you said that that's really interesting well and i think too like you know what you mentioned too about just the structure of conversation you know and that's something that i've talked to to coworkers about before too like you know, when you think about the way we communicated as a team, like before the pandemic, before everybody was working from home, you know, everything now is so structured. Like, you know, I never had one-on-ones with like colleagues until the pandemic started because we just had natural conversation just built into the workday in order to collaborate or troubleshoot or whatever. How do you think that has changed the way teams work together? Like the fact that there isn't that built-in natural conversation, you know, during the course of the day and that you actually have to structure it that way. Do you think that that's changed team building in any way or presented any sort of challenges? 
Um, I think that, I think it's a, it's a both and. I think we have to be, there are some people, again, I think it's shifted the balance of power in some ways, right? So if, you've, if you're a person who just sort of runs into people and naturally socializes, that has pulled some of your power back. But if you're a person who doesn't do that so well and does better in a more structured formal environment, then that has played to your strength. And so I think it's just a matter of sort of what am I using my arms or am I using my legs if I'm lifting weights? And so which muscle do you need to develop? But I do think that being on Zoom has a set of strengths and skills that you can play to and being in person does as well. And so which one do you do better? And then how do you adapt to, to the new environment? Good point. Um, you know, and another thing too, you know, just talking about, you know, the, the employer to like supervisor one-on-one, -on -one, you know, is there any, is there anything differently that we should take into account if we're just talking like coworker to coworker and like, we're trying to build a rapport as a team, mm. um, as opposed to like employer versus or employee versus supervisor. Like, you know, you, if anybody who's seen this podcast before could tell Eric and Kelsey have this great rapport, and now I'm on the podcast with Eric and I like, I want to have that great rapport with Eric too. Do you have any suggestions for me? Yeah. Eric's laughing great. right now. This is great. <laughs> Eric's saying we already have a great rapport, Hayden. <laughs> I know. That's what he was so, supposed to say. <laughs> Eric, I'll give you a chance. Please feel free. Hayden, we have such a wonderful rapport. This has been a real treat. <laughs> there you go. See, you just walked right into that one. Okay. So, um, uh, so I think that from what, what's interesting about when there's a manager, there's this asymmetry of power, right? And so I am motivated to make and, and keep my manager happy. And um, that's always going to be in place. Whereas with a colleague, it's, it's never, we're never quite sure where the balance of power lies. Does someone have more or less power? And so I think one of the best ways to build a relationship is to really focus on what does my call, just like you would do with your manager, what does my colleague need in order to be successful? So they're on this S curve. What can I do to help them be successful? So again, back to the neurology with colleagues, we're more likely to see them as foes than friends. And so how can I help them and support them in a way that they will perceive me as their friend and that we're in this together and we're great at collaborating um, and, and making things happen. So I can tell by how you two are interacting, you feel that way, but I think that's what it is, is am I doing things that support them in their climb up the S curve? Then our brains wire together and then we're going to work together and that's the relatedness. That's what mm -hmm. makes us productive. Yeah, uh, good, 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 good advice. Uh, and Hayden, man, you, you've been great. Kelsey's usually like, you know, throwing me under the bus and, and uh, giving me crap. You've been so kind. So this has been a lot. This has been a I know. Blast. I did not bring Kelsey level snark to this podcast. <laughs> I, I apologize. I knew that was going to be a struggle, like keeping up with her level of insight and her level of snark. So I did the best I could. Uh, I'm going to get spoiled there. Uh, I miss Kelsey. But, <laughs> no, but I yeah. To, to wrap up, Winnie, I think, you know, we love to ask, you know, if there's one takeaway or mm -hmm. if there was one exercise that you recommend or HR professionals who are listening do uh, to maybe be better listeners or, be, you know, yeah. better engagement, what, what would you suggest that be? Okay. I have two exercises. Uh, okay. Perfect. The first exercise is to pull out a piece of paper and plot where everybody on your team is on their S curve and say to yourself, okay, so if they're the launch point, they might be needing words of encouragement. So listen for that. And then if they do, then respond. If they're in the sweet spot, um, they've got a lot coming at them because they're really competent. And so everybody's like, can you do this? Can you do this? And so 
listen for, do they need help focusing on their priorities? And then people at the high end where they might be getting somewhat bored because they're very good at what they do, listen for, do they need you to help them figure out what they're going to do next? So that's one thing from an HR perspective. But from an individual perspective, I'm going to go back to where I started. Whenever you turn on the camera to talk to someone, Whenever you're about to start a meeting, um, whether in person or on camera, smile at them. Um, when you are a leader, whatever you do, um, is, it's amplified. And so your smiling at them makes them feel safe. It makes them feel heard. It makes them feel like they matter. And so my advice would be, I know it's simple. Alan Mulally always says, when you're a leader, your face isn't yours anymore. And so when you show up to a meeting with someone, smile at them. Awesome. Two great, two great pieces of advice, right? I love the first one. It seems very, very strategic. Plot your right. And this is like, hey, when in doubt, just smile. I love that there's two great uh, things they can take away and use. Well, you need a couple of comments there. Uh, Whitney, you, you've got so much good research and thought leadership on this topic. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to share like you talked about the S curve and I'm sure there's a couple of listeners going, well, what's the S curve? So where yeah. can they go to learn a little bit more about some of your philosophies when it comes to team building, to leadership, et cetera? Yeah. Oh, thank you for asking, Eric. So I think probably a simple way would be to, to go um, to my website, WhitneyJohnson.com. Um, that's a good place to start. But in terms of if you wanted to listen to a podcast that would walk you through this, go to our podcast episode 196, and that walks through these ideas. And I think that's a great, since you're already listening to a podcast, you can go listen to another podcast. It's episode 196 of the Disrupt Yourself podcast. And, and thank you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've got such great insight to share. And I, all our listeners should definitely go check out uh, Whitney's podcast. It's fantastic. So happy to give you a plug for that. And I want to do a plug as well. You've actually been able to help us out uh, here at WEX. We have a great uh, HR industry event called Spark. Um, and you actually are, were able to be a, a large part of that and kind of leading a really important uh, panel discussion. Um, and so I, I want to make sure all the listeners get a chance to check that out, get to see your beautiful work uh, in that and hear from, from our kind of community of ecosystem on learning and development and how they've managed um, kind of their businesses during this time. And so I want to I want to thank you again for being there. And if you are interested in that conference, you can go to Wexspark. Dot com. Check it out. Registration is absolutely free. Um, another chance to get another dose of Whitney Johnson. Whitney, thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome conversation. Hayden, you crushed it. I love that you're a great producer and a great co-host. So thanks for jumping in as well. Um, thank you, Whitney. I appreciate it and have a great rest of the week. Thank you. Thank you, Whitney. Wax is in the business of simplifying benefits for everyone. Now, although we certainly hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, like that was pretty cool, but of course we cannot provide legal investment or financial advice. And well, therefore, nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek out appropriate professional advice regarding your plans. Hey, congratulations. You made it through our disclaimer. <laughs> Thanks for listening.